0: We have a couple goals for today's message. We're going to be taking a look at the passage the youth group was founded upon, Psalm 127. We're going to impact parts of it and use God's Word to illuminate each step of this launching process. There's so much that leads up to today. You only see a snapshot or a glimpse of it if you're from the outside looking in. And if we miss God's purposes, today's celebration would be just like a broken arrow. They would be pointless. Please keep in mind the titles of this sermon. Construction without Christ at the center will crumble, for He truly is the chief cornerstone to which all of our lives should be built upon, not just raising children. So stage one, step one if you will, we need to establish a biblical foundation. Verse one and two show us this. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of ancient toil, for He gives to His beloved sleep. Some might be wondering, what on earth does this have to do with establishing a foundation for raising children or building a future? And my answer to that question is pretty simple. Everything. Church, please hear me in this. Without Christ, actively working in and through us, we would not have a hope in the world. Without Christ, there would be no plans for a hope or a future. And that goes for every single one of us. Without Christ, we wouldn't even have a prayer. Literally. Life would be just like an unsharpened arrow with this analogy. It would be pointless. Verses 1 and 2 are expressing to us that anything that is done apart from God, the Bible clearly says it is done in vain. It's mentioned three times it's done in vain. And allow me, if you will, the opportunity to drive home what that word means. Synonyms for vain include futile, unsuccessful, lacking in substance, hollow, fruitless, and worthless. But the opposite of that, John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in Me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from Me, you can do nothing. Parents, the the time leading up to this launch is so crucial. Our blueprints for our children. You know the plans. Our plans, our purposes, and our efforts for our children Even our very own lives, along with everything else we possess, apart from Christ, are worthless. I beg of the church this morning, may we submit to God as the master builder of our lives. May we surrender our hopes, our dreams, our aspiration to the King of King and Lord of Lords. As Exodus 15, 3 says, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. May we place our arrows in that mighty warrior's hands. For then and then alone will we find peace. And yet, parents play such a crucial role. In Spurgeon's commentary on the treasury of David, he points out that the psalmist does not bid the builder to cease from laboring, nor does he suggest that the watchmen should neglect their duty, nor that the men should, should show their trust in God, by doing nothing. We are not to show our trust in God by doing nothing. No. He supposes that they will do all that they can do, and then He forbids them from trusting in what they have just done and assures them that all creatures, all effort from creature will be in vain unless the Creator puts forth His power to render second causes effectual. So if I can kind of simplify this for us this morning, it basically means that we are to pray like it all depends on God and yet work like it all depends on us with a confident understanding in God's sovereignty. For he is sovereign over the ends as well as the means. And parents are part of that means to his ends. Perhaps you're wondering, well, then what does that look like for me as a parent or maybe even a future parent? How on earth can I prepare these young men and women for everything they'll face in life? And I believe the truth is we can. We cannot, but God clearly can. Parents, if your hope is in your own wisdom and guidance to lead them down life's path, you will be disappointed. Students, if your hope is in your own ability to be so strong and so wise as to navigate life flawlessly, you're in for a huge disappointment as well. Church, if your hope is in me as their youth pastor, is in Sarah or Vincent as their youth leaders, or in Jesse as, as their head pastor, as awesome as he is, to be their magical once or even twice a week dose of Jesus, if we're lucky, you will be sorely disappointed. Your hope should be in Christ alone. For He alone is faithful, and He will surely do it. I said if we're lucky twice a week earlier, because if we're honest, our hearts would reveal that we have higher priorities other than the Prince of Peace. We treasure things over Christ. We have for ages. The Bible refers to these things as idols. If you don't believe me, I challenge you to ask yourself a simple question today. One simple question you can quickly figure out if you treasure something in life. How is your time, your energy, and your money spent? Where do those things go? Because they will reveal what you hold most dear to your heart. Church, if you prioritize other things ahead of the Gospel, Let me urge you this morning, repent. Especially here in the South, or the so-called Bible Belt, Baal, B-A-L-L, quickly turns into Baal, or B-A-A-L. If we're not careful, we quickly become more concerned over students' GPAs, or 40-yard dash times, more so than their personal relationship with Jesus Christ and their eternal well-being. John Piper put it this way, there is a great divide between the Christian that wrestles with whether to worship at the cost of imprisonment and death and the Christian that worships with, I'm sorry, that, that wrestles with whether the kids should play soccer on Sunday morning or not. I'm going to say that one more time because I messed it up. There's a great divide between the Christian that wrestles with whether to worship at the cost of imprisonment and death and the Christian that wrestles with whether the kids should play soccer on Sunday morning or not. We would be wise to reread Matthew 7 and examine our own lives in order to see just how much of our foundation is being built upon the sand, how much is being built upon the everlasting rock of ages. For our plans without the Prince of Peace are pointless. And the truth is, myself included, even on our best days, the very best days that we have as caregivers for these children, we fall so short of God's holy standard. The only hope we have to offer our youth so they may face an ever-changing world is to offer them the only thing that is unchangeable or the Bible calls immutable Micah 3.6 tells us God is immutable or unchangeable. It says, For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. We must remember that salvation achieved by man is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. One of our favorite pastors we listen to here at Red Cross, Vardy Balkum, said, If you want godly children then you should get on your face and beg and plead with God to have mercy on them. And if you have godly children, then you should get on your face and praise and worship God for them. We have a promise in Scripture. If we commit our work to the Lord, our plans will be established. That's Proverbs 16.3. By doing this, we can rest in Him as our Prince of Peace when we step down from our life's throne and place Him there by trusting in Him with all three stages of our life, the past sins we've committed, our present failures and shortcomings, and depend on Him for the future grace needed to face tomorrow, then we can hold fast to the promise of God. You will keep Him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. Remember, the end in verse 2 in Psalm 127, it says, Eating the bread of anxious toil, we are to feast upon the bread of life instead, for then He will give rest to His beloved. Parents and youth leaders, parents and leaders of our youth, hear me out. We play such a critical role in getting these children prepared to be launched. We're commanded by God in Proverbs 22.6 to train up a child in the way that they should go. For they when they were older, they will not depart from it. Also, Deuteronomy 6, verses 6-7. through 7, The Word of the Lord says, "...these words that I've commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. Parents, no one, no one else should be your child's primary source of discipleship. If they are to be ready to face the world, you have to operate under the parameters to which God has properly ordained. And that is for you as parents, especially fathers, to be your children's primary source of spiritual nourishment. Life is going to hit them hard. So talk to them about the hard subjects. Like drugs, sex, alcohol, money, pornography, their purity in their relationships. If you do not have these conversations with them, Take it from me. I work out of high school on a daily basis. The world will. Bring them up strong in the Word of God. Cover them in His armor. Psalm one nineteen nine says, how can a young man keep their way pure? And the answer for that is by guarding it according to your word. Parents, we are to illuminate the truth of God in their hearts so that they will be prepared for the day of battle. Remember, arrows must be straightened. Arrows must be strengthened. Arrows must be sharpened on a daily basis if they're going to hit their mark. And this is so difficult to take place mid-flight. Take advantage of the precious gift of time God has given us with them. And when you do this, we should always target the heart with your discipline and your instruction. For from the heart flows all that they do. Parents, if you win their heart over for Jesus, everything else will follow. Let me give you a couple examples of this. If Jesus is their treasure, they will not be led astray by worldly riches. If Jesus is their sole satisfaction, they will not be lured or enticed away by worldly pleasures. If they have a close relationship with Christ and thus are complete... They won't have a need to pursue an inappropriate relationship that will leave them only feeling broken and empty. And parents, I believe the best way for you to encourage your child to have Christ as the king of their life is for Christ to be the king of yours. Lead by example. Parents, if Christ is not a priority for you, Don't be surprised if it's not a priority for them either. Our Heavenly Father desires to have full custody of your heart. He does not just want weekly visitations or weekend visitations on Sunday. A couple warnings to the youth. Youth, if you're going to be ready to face this world, please don't fight against any godly wisdom your parents strive to instill in you. I promise they love you. I promise they want what's best for you. Just like in your relationship with Christ, trust in that love. It is also imperative that you know who you are and whose you are. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You are a child of the one true King. You have been adopted. Created from God and for God. And it is through having an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ that you will be truly satisfied and fulfilled. Nothing else can fill that God-shaped hole in your heart. So please don't ever try. Take it from me. Been there and done that. It just left me feeling empty and broken. Also, please be careful of the company you keep. It's hard to soar up high with the eagles when you're hanging down low around the buzzards. Birds of a feather really do flock together. 1 Corinthians 15.33 tells us, Do not be deceived, for bad company will ruin good morals. The famous quote is actually a biblical truth. Proverbs 13 20 tells us when Solomon and all of his wisdom wrote he that walketh with the wise shall be wise but a companion of fools shall be destroyed your friends are a good indicator of your future stay close to other godly friends there's a couple analogies I love to use when teaching this one is an analogy of fire you got a big fire going you take one of the hot coals out of the fire Leave it by itself, it always grows cold. Another good example, I'm a science teacher and I've watched a lot of National Geographic. So you can just think about the herd analogy, right? The lions out there, Satan prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone he may devour. It's always the one that leaves the herd that gets devoured. There's strength in numbers. Stay together, but make sure, again, that those friends are godly. So we're going to kind of move quickly here with the last two steps. It won't take near as long. Step two is what are you aiming at? we got a, we got a biblical solid foundation. Call that the bow. Next step is what are you aiming at? Youth, I plead with you. No matter what your plans are after graduation, seek first the kingdom of God above all else. Make it your aim to please your maker. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these other things will be added unto you. Seek Christ above your college. Seek Christ above your major, your relationships, your job, your possessions, yes, even your own family. Seek Christ above your parents, above your spouse, above your children, for He must be preeminent. If you do this, literally everything else in your life will fall into its rightful place according to His preordained places of your life, and you will be divinely satisfied. Again, you were made from God and for God, and He has a divine placement for your life. Therefore, you should seek Him daily for that direction. Time and time again, Scripture calls this to our attention couple verses for you guys. If you want to jot them down, please jot them down. Proverbs 16.9. It says that the heart of man plans his course, but the Lord will establish his steps. Psalm 37.23 says that the steps of man are are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Proverbs 19.21 says, many are the plans of a man's heart, but the purpose of the Lord will prevail. Proverbs 20, 24 says, A step, the man's steps are from the Lord. So how can anyone understand their way? Jeremiah 10, 23 says, I know, O Lord, that a man's way is not his own. No one who walks directs his own steps. And lastly, James 4, 13-15, Come now, you who say, Tomorrow or today we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there, and trade, and make a profit. You don't even know what tomorrow will hold. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. The truth is, we cannot know what tomorrow will hold but we can know the one who holds tomorrow. I hope you heard that. We can't know what tomorrow will hold, but we can know the one who holds tomorrow and be at peace with that. It is pointless to worry about your future or to plan it apart from God. Allow your heart to take courage in that. Allow that truth to empower you, to propel you forward. He's already mapped out your life. He has a divine placement, a divine plan for your life. You just simply have to, as Ephesians tells us, walk in that truth. Seek it out daily where it's revealed. In the Word of God. His Word, after all, is a lamp into our feet, and the light into our path. And walk in those truths you find daily. Notice with this lamp analogy, the lamp will only illuminate our feet. It only illuminates what's right in front of you or today. But... It can be used for the entire path. It can be used for tomorrow and every day thereafter. Remember, if God is for you, who could stand against? Acts 5:38 tells us, if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow it. Keep in mind the big picture. All of life is wasted unless it is lived for Christ. Paul said in Philippians 3, verses 8-10, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I might gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and share His sufferings and become like Him in His death. Behold, church, the Gospel, which should be our greatest possession. Christ. This is the only life that will matter. The only life that will last eternally. Everything else will be counted as rubbish, will be counted as a loss. It will literally be a sandcastle built upon the edge of a low tide. Finally, this third step, the final step and stage, the launching process, the moment we've all been waiting for, the release and launch into flight. Students, all the students in this room, you are not just going high school students to college or to the workforce. If you just got out of college or to the military, but you are going on a mission trip, you are going to a mission field. You will be confronted on a daily basis with the schemes of the enemy and many opportunities to shine a light in a very dark place. And the first move that an enemy tries to make before a battle, he tries to sever the lines of communication from soldiers with their commander in hopes that he may cause chaos and confusion. And for us Christians, that means that prayer will be under attack or lack thereof. So before we send you guys out, we would like to take up a moment to pray for you all and at this point in time I'm going to ask that the graduates would come forward if you want to get your caps and gowns on you may do so and while they are while the graduates are changing into their caps and gowns and while we have a couple graduates coming forward we have a few messages that the youth want to actually share with you church and those words will be on the screen Well, uh, I, would, I would like to close out today in prayer and I would also like to invite any friends or family, uh, church leaders, anyone who feels so led to just come up and lay hands on the graduate shoulders and pray over them. I think that'd be a really fitting way to end today's message. So at this point in time, come on down.
1: At this time, we're going to have a prayer over the students as they um, are transitioning. It's a fun word. Um, we know that you guys got one week left exams are Just started correct friday And then y'all have got a couple more days of exams and then graduations this week So we're gonna pray for you guys for that and for those who are done with the exams and graduated Um, we're gonna pray for you guys in the next transition after we're done praying. We're gonna have our closing hymn Okay, so let's go ahead and pray father. God. We are so thankful um we're so thankful for the fruit that you have brought to Red Cross through these students from high school through college. Uh, Lord, we, are, we, we know that this is solely your work. Um, and Lord, we are so thankful that we have just been the instrument um, within this. Uh, Lord, I pray that as these students are, um, some are no longer students, But some still are as we pray for them um, as they are transitioning to their next stage of life. God, we pray that you would continue having your hand on them, that you would continue using them as you see fit that you would lead them, and that you would guide them. And God, we pray that these Bibles that we've gifted to them, that, that you would give them a desire to be in it. God, your word tells us to meditate on it day and night, that, that we are to follow it, that we are to read it and soak it in. And, and, and it's our instrument of getting to know you better. So God, I pray that they would use that. Lord, we pray for the families, for the parents, as they continue to be instruments within their relationship with their kids, as they are continuing to grow them, as, as they are going to be having questions, uh, as, as these kids come to their parents with, with questions, as they, as they seek to, to, to see what, what is happening next, God. And Lord, we pray that you would just do this. We ask all this in your son's most precious name. Amen.